Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's David Tuttle and Astros master of banter, Blummer. All right, so we're trying to catch up on our uh, on our lost week of uh, travel and everything else, but we're uh, I guess we'll welcome everyone into the Bleachers, Mister Blum, the Bleacher Blums podcast. We're here um, on different. I guess on a different day than normal, but also we're on the same coast, so we're in the same time zone. So we are. How's it going, Tuttle? It's going well. How's it going with you? Uh, I know oh. you said some of your coffee shops shut down, which uh, I guess is another sign of COVID. But uh, are you able to get coffee there in one of the? I guess Seattle's more of the coffee capital of the world. But are you able to get some good coffee there in the uh, the Bay Area? Um, it's all right. You know what? I got a little disappointed. Yesterday was Memorial Day, and having not been here in two years. You know, I love San Francisco. Always have, uh, having gone to school across the bay. So I have, I have enough experience in the Bay Area to, to know that there's some good coffee shops around town. And when I went out and looked for some of those coffee shops, they were completely shut down, boarded up. So I was mm-hmm. left with the option of going to, you know, Pete's is big up here in in Northern California, and then uh, I went across the street and it's boarded up, like major chain. Uh, coffee shops are boarded up. I was blown away. So I get done uh, trying to, you know, knock down the plywood off the windows, trying to break in to get a coffee at Pete's. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, luckily there's no police around here, so I'm good. And uh, I go go up the street to uh, where a Starbucks used to be on the corner. I mean, it was on Market and Montgomery, you know, right down, uh, right downtown and yeah. like what is usually a very touristy spot, boarded up. <clears throat> so I couldn't get anything. I had to, you know, hoof it about two or three more blocks down Montgomery and just kind of found a, a door that was open and uh, they were actually open. So I did get a, a an Americano down there, but dude, it, it's, it's, that's one of the weirdest things is getting back on travel and seeing some of these cities where you anticipate going to that, that coffee shop you go to, going to that breakfast spot, going to that lunch spot and kind of having that routine come back to you a little bit, but there's no routine anymore because so much has changed, man. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, we've talked about COVID a lot, obviously, as the whole society has <laughs> COVID in general. But one of the <laughs> things I notice are, yeah, these all these all side effects of, um, you know, not being able to travel and maybe it was some revenue and all that. But, you know, we've touched on here the customer service aspect as well. So then when you finally get in there and they throw your cup of coffee at you, you're like, oh, well, I see why they closed down. <laughs> they got one employee and they don't know how to make coffee. You're better off than in your hotel room just using the old Keurig or the like water and you oh, know no. water from the tap kind of machine and work in your own the uh, your old uh, I don't know your own coffee like instant coffee because it is a it is a challenge so welcome in as I said to the Bleacher Blums podcast we are uh, recording on a Tuesday this week trying to catch up from a week that we missed of craziness graduations and travel and all that and uh, it's Jeff Blum 14 year major leaguer and myself David Tuttle. Um, about 10 years of professional baseball, but Team USA and Santa Clara graduate and father of multiples, which Blum is as well. So uh, hopefully you guys have caught up on all our highlights and all of our uh, background before if you've uh, been into the bleachers. And um, you can get at Blummer, at Blummer27. I got a tongue twister today on Instagram. You know, why is it like and- handles are so weird when you got to say at in front of them? <laughs> Maybe I just say at Blummer. Yeah, can you just say Blummer twenty seven? Anyway, just go fu- at just Blummer twenty seven. Tuttle out there. <laughs> there you go. At real David Tuttle and at Blummer twenty seven on both Instagram and Twitter. 
And then, of course, our Bleacher Blums uh, website, bleacherblums.com, which is brought to you by Just Geek It Solutions right there in Houston. And, uh, of course, Ram Shirts, the podcast says, then, um, Blummer, I will give you the what's on tap from St. Arnold. We kind of just touched on a few things, but what's on tap brought to you by St. Arnold. And what is it? Dude, you're good. And we're going to talk a little bit. We'll do some lead-off lyrics. I'm actually in the process of trying to to go through my song list on my phone to see if anything pops at me today. It's been kind of a, a weird morning than the fact that I woke up way too early and I, I went to the gym, so I'm a little little sauced up, and I had my cup of, cup of coffee like Tuttle was talking about. But uh, uh, we will do some lead-off lyrics more for us, I guess, but if you have responses and you want to get to us at those handles that Tuttle just told you and and give us the title, give us the artist, and we will give you a shout-out on our podcast. I know we're kind of cranking out a couple of podcasts this week, so we're trying to play catch-up. Uh, I don't think enough people have heard the podcast from Monday, Memorial Day, to actually get at us for the most recent lyrics. So next podcast, we'll actually have to double up on the leadoff lyrics. Uh, I think we're going to try and cover a couple of topics that we kind of hinted at last week. We didn't really have a chance to get to them. There was a uh, Josh Donaldson, Tim Anderson incident that we really didn't hit on, and maybe maybe some thoughts on that and how awkward and you know, who's right, who's wrong kind of thing. And then we've got, man, dude, we talk on this podcast a lot in the off season about fantasy football. Tuttle and I have had a team together uh, where we won the championship, I believe. And then we had it, we separated and we had teams that did well, some teams that didn't do so well, but we never got to the point and maybe we need to up the ante a little bit. Be- add a little spice to this because it has kind of gripped the baseball world what happened between Tommy Pham, outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds, and Jock Peterson, who is an outfielder for the San Francisco Giants. And what what happened with that? I can't wait to unfold that. We've got some thoughts on the, the, the Pham-Peterson drama going on, but it, the root of it is fantasy football, and apparently Tuttle and I aren't gambling enough. So we'll get into that a little bit. And uh, I've got I've got a Blum's Blast because it kind of happened happened yesterday to to myself and my 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 compatriots that I travel with, uh, Julia Morales and Todd Callis. So stay tuned for that. That's what we've got on tap. I don't know if Tuttle, you want to add to that list at all. Of course, your input is always welcome on this podcast. No, that's why I threw it to you. What's on tap? Brought to you by St. Arnold. And uh, why don't we jump into the baseball stuff? I think maybe we could do a little, I guess you did a little Astros recap last time. I got back into watching some broadcasts this weekend now that you're back on uh, the air. And uh, yeah, we had a couple of things to throw in there. But otherwise, I think we can jump into the probably the Josh Donaldson, Tim Anderson thing since that had started last week. And it's a little more serious than the Fam Peterson, maybe. I mean, maybe a little more serious because it's a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> tied to the societal yeah. uh, kind of discourse around race and you know what's acceptable and what isn't. But uh, I guess the first thing to ask you, um, I always ask you like you're like get your ear on the ground, but um, or ear to the ground. But uh, you know, he said, she said, right? I mean, who do you believe in the in the uh, kind of in the context of what was said. But, you know, I think the fact that Josh Donaldson came out with a pretty uh, heartfelt apology, or at least uh, his agent wrote a nice heartfelt apology saying you better get this stuff squared away. Um, You know, I think there's lines you can cross and lines you cannot cross. And that was my takeaway. Do you, do you see 
it the same way or what's 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 your insight there oh my gosh yeah are you kidding me i mean there should be more than an apology i mean it, what so there was a collision they the, the yankees go to the chicago white Sox. there's a collision at third base and uh you know josh donaldson does play the game a little bit out of control for me personally in my opinion um, which can be good and bad at sometimes. And in this case, it was a tag at third base, kind of he was late to the bag, tumbles over, lands on top of Tim Anderson, kind of pushes him down a little bit. And Tim Anderson gets up and is kind of like, you know, what the heck was that? Get off me. And I'm not sure if that was the exact incident when that thing happened, but somewhere in the communication between Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson, Josh Donaldson decided to call Tim Anderson Jackie. Mm-hmm. Now, we all know in the game of baseball – what Jackie was and who he was and 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 what the purpose of his of of uh, how meaningful that name is in the game it carries a lot of respect it carries weight socially Jackie Robinson obviously broke the color barrier in baseball he he's he went through hell to open up the game of baseball to the African American athlete and also the Latino athlete too if you want to take it one step further so there there is a bit of a trailblazer a bit. It is trailblazing. He was, he was, he was the man. Uh, you know, I think Tuttle and I have a great deal of respect for him. We understand that major league baseball retired the number 42 universally. There, there is a celebration of Jackie Robinson's life for what he sacrificed to open the door for others to play the game of baseball. And I felt when I first heard it, I felt it was a negative connotation because, you know, you're not going to call you're not, man, this is terrible. This is hard. And this is why it's so uncomfortable is, you know, if Tuttle slides into third base like that, he's not going to say that to Tuttle for obvious reasons. Yeah. Why did he choose right. to say it to Tim Anderson about Jackie? And I know that he kind of backtracked and there, you know, there was an article previously where Tim Anderson kind of said that he's the, he's the fun swag kind of guy in the game of baseball. He's the Jackie Robinson of swag and in, in, in the game of baseball. And, you know, Maybe he meant that tongue in cheek. Maybe he meant that literally. I don't know what it is, but I don't. That doesn't give you the right to call Tim Anderson, Jackie on the field. I, I did not feel that that was a positive statement from a guy on the field to say to Tim Anderson. I don't know how you feel about it. Well, so I think just a, a, another layer to what you're saying is that it's definitely not a positive thing. He was trying to get under his skin. Um, but in this context, the skin is much deeper in that, like you said, I would not call you Jackie and you would not call me Jackie. So now you are bringing race into it instead of sort of, um, you know, poking the bear with, uh, what we're having fun or, you know, you know, a nickname that maybe you heard through, through other guys in the clubhouse. This, this, I mean, it felt directed, you know? Exactly. And I think that's where you cross the line, honestly. And I mean, I think that's kind of what's come out of this, right? Is uh, Tim Anderson said that that crosses the line uh, for him. And I I think you made the best point, which is this isn't something you and I would call each other. You would never call me the Jackie of whatever. And I would never call you that because there is no um, context around that other than um, skin color. So I think that that's a big, that's obviously a big no-no. And um, as you said, Josh Donaldson, you know, there are some guys I've played against guys and as as have you um, that are really good guys in the clubhouse, either good teammates or off the field. They're different. And some people flip a switch. And I think people think about this more with football. 
But there are always those guys that play just a little reckless or, you know, they step on a guy's foot at mm-hmm. first base instead of avoiding <laughs> it. And you're like, what would he do that for? The, the and, AJ Pierzynski's of the world. Oh, yeah. There you go. And and then they don't really have a reason. They're like, well, I was just playing the game hard. You know, they kind of don't have an answer for you. Mm-hmm. But I, I honestly believe this is me now out of the game for quite a few years. I honestly believe these guys are like bulls in the, you know, kind of bulls in the arena. I think they see red, right? They're like, I'm playing this game hard and I'm going to play it this way. And they don't really have a lot of justification around why they stepped on the guy's foot at first base or why they didn't, you know, avoid the tat or, you know, why they didn't avoid the collision instead of, you know, running into the collision. Um, And I think we... You know, we see it time and time again where these some of these guys. I don't know. I I, I thought about the Clemens Piazza incident when Clemens picked up the bat and like threw it back <laughs> on a broken bat. Like I freaked out. I just think right there is no explanation. You can't say, oh, I did it because he. You know, no, it was a reaction in the game. I'm not excusing it, but if when you you mentioned Josh Donaldson and the way he plays the game, and you said he plays a little reckless for you, I have a feeling that he is a little bit reckless in terms of like he blanks out and you know plays hard and just does you know see ball hit ball that kind of thing Mm. all of that to say there's no excuse for what he said there's no excuse for losing your mind in a scenario like that it's just you know i i don't know if the apology was enough and i don't know if it's kind of like gonna just go away um because i do think we've talked about the melting pot in general on this podcast quite a bit the clubhouse is sacred in many ways, but it's also a really good example in society how people of different races and creeds and cultures and beliefs can get along. You know, it's yeah. how they can get to a, it's how they can get to a common ground and get somewhere. So, you know, I, I just feel like uh, I don't know. I just feel like uh, he crossed a line, and you know, maybe there is no way back, or maybe they just you know choose to avoid each other. But it might create some tension for Donaldson and other clubhouses, uh, even his own. Yeah, I would imagine there's probably not much being spoke of that in the public forum because, you know, it, when when things like this happen in the league, you just kind of want to, you know, squash it, get out of the way of it, and just let it be whoever's problem it is, be their problem. You don't want to insert yourself into the into the issue if you're a player because you, you know that you're going to be playing on other teams. And I think you're right that maybe with it not being said publicly underneath – that's where it could create a little bit of an issue on the team you're on currently, on the team that decides to maybe try and sign you later on if you want to play more in the league. You know, it's kind of interesting in that sense. And he hasn't played since uh, May 22nd, right around that incident. I think he's been on the COVID IL and maybe coming back. But, you know, that's also interesting to me, too. I think the Yankees kind of protected him in that sense and got him, unplugged him from the situation to try and diffuse it, get past it, don't you? Oh my gosh. It's funny that you brought that up because that was the next point, which is the COVID <laughs> list is like this like sneaky list. Like, yeah. Oh, it is. I mean, it's probably protected by HIPAA, right? Did he really have a positive <laughs> COVID test? And you wonder if somebody like, you know, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and some other guys in that clubhouse said, hey, 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 you did cross the line. Like, we still like you as a teammate. Let's take a little you know, 10-day COVID break here. Maybe you can get some counseling or something like that. That would that. actually we be just, pretty good leadership inside that clubhouse if that was actually the conversation. I think that would be a great, a great idea. 
Yeah, but I, I I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I'm not. I keep saying I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and then every podcast something <laughs> comes up where I feel like I'm more of a conspiracy there. All of a sudden, <clears throat> hey Josh, how are you feeling? Didn't you lose your taste last week? Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. I think I have a COVID. I think you I go sit in the corner for about ten days. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you. I mean that that's not as preposterous as uh, as maybe one would think. But uh, yeah, I think it like you said that would be excellent leadership in their clubhouse if they could bring him back into the fold. Um, you know, kind of counsel him and get him squared away because he's obviously a good baseball player. And we do know what transcends these uh, uh, transcends these ethical transgressions is typically a good baseball player if you can get him back on track yeah. and uh, bring him back into the fold, right? Yeah, but wouldn't it be a great example inside that Yankee clubhouse, like you said, with some big guys? I mean, big name, but not just big name in baseball, but in society. I mean, everybody knows who Aaron Judge is. Obviously, in a big market in New York, he's a humongous person himself. He sticks out, <laughs> right. and he's a phenomenal baseball player. But what if, and, and yeah. obviously, a, a player of color. So what if he was able to kind of have the conversation and really kind of try and smooth this over a little bit and kind of have the conversation with Josh with Josh Donaldson and say, hey, this was inappropriate. I'm not sure where it came from, but we need to fix this. You need to respect and understand what we are going through as players. Because I think ultimately what we're trying to do and the thing that I'm, I'm concerned about is we are trying to encourage kids to play this game. And if you have guys who are reacting like this on the field, you're not going to encourage anybody to play the game of baseball. But it, it would be a unique opportunity for for a guy like Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton, you know, Aaron Hicks is in that clubhouse. If they could actually show some tolerance and and say, hey, we understand you screwed up. We're willing to you know help you get past this as a team. I think that would speak volumes for that clubhouse and probably make them a little bit stronger in there. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I think that that can lead really nicely to our next little disagreement because it wasn't in a clubhouse, but there are lines that you can and cannot cross. Um, and you know, maybe that's where we were just kind of touching on where I think Josh Donaldson definitely crossed a line when you're talking about race or, you know, certainly something you can't control. Whereas, you know, if it's a personality difference or, you know, pitchers and hitters have gone at it before because <laughs> they look at things a little bit differently. Just a little um, bit. but you mentioned Tommy Pham, the outfielder for the Cincinnati Reds and Jock Peterson, who's now made his way to his third team, um, but, uh, you know, Dodgers, Braves, now the Giants. But he had some, I guess, from a fantasy football disagreement, he got slapped by Tommy Pham during batting practice, <laughs> kind of out of the blue, standing on the uh, standing, you know, by the foul pole down there. That would have been a shock, I think, in itself. Rattled his cage, um, yeah, big time. Yeah. And I'm surprised, like, if somebody walked up and slapped you on the street, I mean, it's, I, you got to think it's go time. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, you don't want to have that like palm mark on your, on your cheek. What, what say you about this? And do you think there was a line cross? You already hinted in the, um, you know, what's on tap about maybe the amount of money. We're, we're not playing fantasy football correctly. You and I were co GMs and now we're separated, but, and you kicked my ass last year. But, uh, I mean, we're not playing for enough money if I don't, if I don't, uh, I, I need to, slap I need to, my smack talk game to get you a little more upset so you come across country and actually show up at St. Arnold and smack me across the, uh-huh. the nose to get <laughs> and then we could have yeah, it there out. There you go. There but, you go. So, I mean, there is so many layers to this story. So originally it comes out, you know, there wasn't much video because it happened in batting practice and batting practice you have both teams on the field. Jock Peterson was out there in left field and and I don't know if you've seen the video that's kind of surfaced, but Tommy Pham comes over and you kind of see him talking in the distance and all of a sudden, sure enough, that right arm comes out 
and he will smiths the right, you know, the left side of the face of of, of Jock Peterson, and that was it. Jock kind of took the hit and kind of stepped back and said, you know, what the heck is going on? Luckily, it was diffused without further incident. But uh, both teams came running out there. They broke everybody up, and everybody was trying to figure out what's going on. What's what's the beef between Fam and Peterson? And it turns out it's fantasy football. And I don't think Tuttle and I are playing for enough money because I, you know, in my head I'm going, how much money would I have to lose to a guy to go up and smack him? And then part of me was like, if I'm playing fantasy football and I lose, I lose. I've lost a lot of things before. You know, and then we find out there's trash talking going on. There's cell phone text messages going back and forth between these guys in a group text in fantasy football. So <laughs> there were a lot of things going on, but I couldn't believe. And it's it's the drama's kind of, I mean, it sounds terrible, but I kind of giggled a little bit because I was like, damn, these guys are for real when they play fantasy football, man. Well, we've heard about some of the card games, right? Like Michael Jordan's oh, yeah. card games or some of the, the you know, the the amount of money that gets thrown there around. Are, there in, are uh, tens of thousands of dollars that I have seen made in transactions on flights, just yes, to back up what Tuttle's saying. thousands of, yes. And you can imagine some of the higher price guys playing for even a little bit more. So, but, but I think here's the point that I wanted to ask you more about, which is, I think it relates to the Donaldson Anderson thing is what is that line you can't cross? So Jock Peterson, uh, in an unusual, uh, turn of events actually showed the text messages on his phone. <laughs> he got deep. I didn't read them, but I mean, he turned his phone around and said, look, this is what was said, but admitted that he was, really giving the Padres guys a hard time for falling out of second place and falling out of that playoff spot as they spiraled down. And I sometimes think like, I mean, I had guys in the clubhouse, like it's one thing to talk about your work ethic or whatever, but you don't really make fun of a guy who's in a one for 45 slump. Um, you know, it's just kind of like if he's working his ass off and he shows up on time and, you know, he's just trying to get better. He's obviously a major league baseball player, but as the Padres spiraled out of control, it appears that Peterson was really giving it to him. And, you know, if it's a fantasy football league, uh, I would say like I could get on your GMing skills or your drafting skills yeah. or the fact that, you know, so-and-so got and that's hurt. that's to be expected, right? Right. But to say that, you know what, you can win fantasy football because you guys won't make the playoffs and we're going to win the World Series and your team sucks, you know, I, I think it's not as egregious as getting on somebody's, uh, you know, the color of their skin or race, obviously. But I, I can see, I guess, I can see a, a line that um, – that you shouldn't cross, and I'm not sure that Jock crossed that, but it certainly seems like he was riding the uh, riding the boundaries. So inside the fantasy football realm, no matter what the money is being exchanged or how well your team's doing, you can rag on the GM. I'm asking you. So you're you. We can rag on the GM. We can rag on the player. You know, ah, oh, nice pick. You know, you got this guy. He yeah. stinks now. We all knew it. Yeah. You know, dude. I remember. I don't know how many fantasy football. Remember when we actually did fantasy football drafts like in person? Oh yeah, those were highly entertaining. So you know, yeah. early in well, my those career, those were just beer drinking events. <laughs> but, dude, they were. But, that's, but do, yeah, do you remember the pressure you felt like when you do it online now? Because uh, you know, I've been traveling, and we have yeah. you have these coast to coast drafts, and I'm sure it was similar for. Uh, Fam and Peterson is that you do these through, you know, you're putting your guys in the queue and you're waiting to, you know, oh, he took my guy, but you don't, you're by yourself in a room and you don't have that ability to kind of trash talk or go, why'd you take my guy kind of thing. But I remember, <laughs> dude, we, uh, there was a, back in the early 2000s, I'm with the, 
with the Houston Astros, and we're in a ballroom. In uh, back in my day, yeah, <laughs> we were in a ballroom, and uh, you know, we had uh, it was in Century City, but we had the ballroom catered. You know, there was good money put into this, and we had the draft board. You know, somebody's up there writing all the names in and doing things. And uh, I remember Orlando Merced, man, I can't, was it Kerry? Who was the, there was a quarterback for the New York uh, Giants in that, around that time. Kerry Collins. Yeah. And I mean, we're like in the Penn State. He had had a good year with Carolina, I think, and the (laughs) Giants got him. Dude, we, we, we got like the second round, third round. I mean, it was early. And we're coming around, and Orlando Merced. I mean, I, this is such a he was, he was a little bit of a hard ass, but he was a good dude. But you also understood that maybe he didn't understand f- football as well as everybody else. <laughs> but I, he panicked, and he just goes, "They're like, you got ten seconds." He goes, "Gary Collins, New York Giants," and I mean, the whole place, brah, we all we lost our minds because the first oh, quarterback funny. taken in that draft that year was Kerry Collins, but. That's what you're talking about. So once you get past, once you get past the trash talk in the fantasy football realm, right. and you start digging on my my team that I'm playing on at the time, that's too far. That's yeah. And I, you know, again, man to man, do you walk up and slap somebody? I mean, Orlando Merced. That's what should, I, yeah, that is that enough? Right. Orlando Merced should still get shit for drafting Kerry <laughs> Collins, but I mean, Orlando, I'm sorry if you're listening. We can still give you heat about that, but yeah. To your point, I mean, yeah, when it's your livelihood, I think that's different. And and you know, I mean, I would be curious to hear what some of the listeners think. I mean, I think again, at work. Whatever your job is now, whether you know you're a TSA agent or you're you know you're working as a school teacher, I mean there are certain things that you and your cohorts can joke about, but when mm-hmm. it comes down to like whatever children's safety or the way you actually do your job, things like that are not. I think those are kind of off limits, and I, I I just think, you know, I again I didn't read the text, and I don't know if he shared the actual texts uh, regarding you know, what he was saying about the Padres team as they spiraled. I remember yeah, it was like a gift they or were something in, of like a, a power lifter, yeah. like failing at something. And it had the Padre logo over the guys. He's going there. Down. You go. Yeah. But okay. So that's not even that bad on the Atlanta Braves who were like winning the world series and, and doing everything right. He's that's got this, right. I mean, if you'd have gone yes. over there and slapped that pearl necklace off him, then I might've been like, oh, okay, Man. I get it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he was wearing the pearls for the uh, World <laughs> Series, wasn't he? Um, anyway, there are some things. I don't know. So maybe he crossed the line and deserved a little bit of it. But I think um, I watched my cousin Vinny this weekend. And um, there's the scene, remember, where he goes in. He's like, hey, uh, you know, you owe my girl $200. You stiffed her the $200. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you owe her $200. He's like, well, do you want me to kick your ass? I think he says. And he goes, oh, oh, you like to renegotiate. He goes, no. Um, he's like, uh, let's see. So what are my options that I let you keep the $200 or I kick your ass and I take the $200? I'm going to take option B. Like, B. I mean, like... Tommy Pham maybe could have given him a little heads up instead of walking up and smacking him out of the blue. Like, you know, let's get face to face and let's say. So anyway, we could probably go uh, on and on about this, but I think our sponsors have a word to say about that. So let's uh, hear what the sponsors have to say here on the Blue, Blue Wire Network. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts that help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, welcome back in here at to the Bleacher Blums podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Um, Blummer, all right, so uh, Tuttle jumped in from... Uh, What's on tap right into the topics du jour, but uh, we skipped the leadoff lyrics. So why don't we do uh, leadoff lyrics uh, as the second leadoff hitter? I think you mentioned the nine hitter yeah. sometimes looked at as the second leadoff hitter. So why don't we uh, go leadoff lyrics today? Remember, if you guys know the songs and the artists that we read and um, you know uh, share with you guys on the podcast, then uh, please reach out to us. You can get to us at Real David Tuttle or at Blummer27 um, on both Instagram and Twitter. But uh, you can also get on, you know, in the, the, I guess, the show notes or wherever else you want, the comment section, and uh, and hit us up and let us know if you know the song and the lyrics of what you're about to hear. Believe it. And I've got, I've got an obscure, I don't even know how to reference this one. I know that it's rock. That's Ooh. about it. And... Uh, uh, I can't even remember Scare. when I heard this first or <laughs> put on my scary voice, but uh, it, it, it's a it's unique. I enjoy it. It it comes on the radio every once in a while, and I kind of dig it. But it's got kind of this melodic, you know, funk to it. But uh, here we go. Mm-hmm. I'm a pillar of salt. You'll <laughs> never be worse than me. No. So get in the effing car. We got us a world to bleed. Yeah. I hold all the combinations to give you peace of mind. And again, if you know who that is, tell me who it is and tell me what song it is. You can go to at Blummer27 or you can go to at Bleacher Blums, which is the preferable place to go because our trusty oh, thank you. producer Ramos is the guy that's going to be uh, deciphering and filtering who gets those lyrics right and the artist right. So, Tuttle, you're up. All right. Uh, yeah, I think we, we're just going to stick to the rock genre as always. I keep going through my playlist. I'm, I mentioned, it is I who listen we are. To James. We, we can't deny who that's we are. right. No, that's right. But I mentioned last time I listened to James Taylor's greatest hits when I was sleeping on those minor league buses, but, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to reserve those for another day. So you guys at least know this is not James Taylor here. <laughs> we eliminated one. All right, here we go. The main attraction distraction got your number. Then number the numb. Empty your pockets, son. They got you thinking that. What you need is what they selling. Maybe you think that buying is rebelling. I think that one's pretty easy, actually. That was so. poetic. 
Woo, it rhymes. Isn't that nice? It <laughs> rhymes. So let us know the song and artist, as Blummer mentioned. I think at Bleacher Blums is probably the best place to go. But you can also go right to us at Blummer27 or at Real David Tuttle. The problem is we may not check it. At least I'm terrible at checking that stuff. So why don't you go to at Bleacher Blums and let us know song and artist, and we will give you a shout out on the podcast. I mean, you've been so good for so long. What do you got? Give it. All right. I do have something. It's not really what will Tuttle say, but I got, you know, so the other night I was watching Sunday Night Baseball, as, as I'm wont to do on a Sunday night after a long weekend, even though we had an extra day this weekend. And uh, funny enough, they put, uh, Bryce Harper came up to the plate. I think it was his fourth at bat, and it was the seventh inning, eighth inning, something like that. And they had him as 0 for 2, and in the parentheses, they put walk, comma, strikeout. And I'm like, 0 for 2, walk, strikeout. I'm like... I that doesn't make sense to me. Oh, for two, but I saw him in the first inning getting at bat and he lined out to center. And I was just wondering, like, is this the one true outcome world we live in? Like, I mean, are they trying? <laughs> is there not enough? Is there not enough space on the screen to, I mean, any person that's either keeping score or watching the game, whatever, but if you just tuned in in the eighth inning and there he is for his at bat and you're just like, oh, for two with a walk and a strikeout, you're like, that doesn't make sense to me in any world. And I was puzzled. It was so funny. Yeah, I pulled out my fingers. That's exactly what I did. I was like, 0 for 2, but a walk doesn't count as an at-bat. That would be 0 for 1, but it says 0 for 2. Like, that must be a typo. I don't get it. But I had isn't, watched isn't this first at Isn't it funny how, bat. like, if something like that pops on the screen, you're like, do I remember how to score baseball? What's going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how they can throw you off. And honestly, but whether it's intentional or not, I haven't watched enough broadcasts. I mean, do you guys do that? Is that a true outcome thing? Is that, um, you know, AT&T Sports Center? Know. Would they say, oh, for three? I don't know. No, we put everything up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, you guys do a ton of stuff. You do velocity and oh, <laughs> like launch angle. It's like the last time up, he lined out at 97.4 miles per hour. That line out was much harder. That was 102 <laughs> miles an hour. So, you know, so that's funny, different. Funny you bring that up though, too, because we do get into the numbers a little bit. We had, a, yes. <laughs> we had an issue yesterday where Jordan Alvarez hit one off the facade in center field. Like, I've never seen a ball go that far. I'm looking down the line at, like, the Oakland A's broadcasters, and they've got their hands on their head. They're going, how in the hell? You get to the point where somebody does something as unbelievable as Jordan Alvarez did or the one he hit in Minute Maid Park that went into the third deck where we never thought it would be possible, yeah. where, you, where you turn into that scene in Major League, and he goes – how did that get that? Or that was too high. What do you <laughs> yeah, mean it was too high? high. Who, give, who gives a shit? It's gone. You know, it's like, <laughs> what do you mean it's like, too who, high? who cares how, how hard did he hit that? Who gives a shit? It hit the facade. Yeah. You know, you yeah, know, exactly. he killed it. So you don't have to like reinforce it. But yeah, we get a little numbers crazy sometimes. <laughs> Speaking of numbers crazy. So this is a little off the o, o, o for two with a walk and a strikeout part that I was puzzled by. Did you see the ball that the Miami Marlins guy hit yesterday? 496 Dear feet. Lord. That one, but that goes to your point. Launch angle of a lot. How far? Like Who he pimped that, <laughs> but he hit the ball 500 feet. Like if you hit a ball 500 feet, you know it's gone as soon as you hit Dude, it, I'm obviously. But he stood off. there. <laughs> Unbutton a few buttons, like give your like, like the muscle. Like, I'm running around. I'm going, yeah, that ball, five hundred yeah. feet. Yeah. Oh man, that was a bomb. Now that I'm removed from the game, if you, you when they talk about tipping your cap, if you throw a ball in there, the guy hits five hundred feet. You should ask this him, like, hey, question. when you go to the All Star game, do you want me to be your BP thrower? Like, I mean, that that just you should be part of the you should be part of the um 
the show there at that point. I mean, because, you know, you got to tip your cap. If a guy hits a ball 500 feet, that means you grooved it. He was right in the, you know, in the swing path or yeah, the like world's yeah, collided I mean, perfectly and there's nothing, it's out of your control. Exactly. Like, hey, I just wear it, right? It's kind of like being the, you know, whatever, the, you know, Nolan Ryan's seventh no hitter, the last victim or the 3,000 strikeout victim or whatever. You're not, as a hitter, you're not like, yes. I was the three thousand strikeout victim of Nolan Ryan, yeah. or the five. Th- it's like nobody wants no, you to just be that kind of go. But you're yeah. on video for perpetuity forever. Exactly. So just embrace it, and it probably will bring you a little notoriety and fame when you get out of the game. So I don't know, but uh, that ball was hit a, a ton, five hundred feet. But I, I go back to what you said. The statistics kind of do throw you off, and as you pay attention to the game, oh for two with a walk and a strikeout threw me off. The exit velo, I do. I mean. I would that would be one critique of your broadcast. Like that's not why we brought this up. Would be mm-hmm. you said that the fans crave it, and I know you guys like the numbers, and maybe that's a new addition to scoring. But uh, but I think it. I don't know. I don't like to think about every single spin rate and location and velocity and um, you know. I mean, I guess when something stupendous yep. happens, it's more uh, it's more interesting. But I think in the first inning yesterday, Altuve lined out right up the middle. That Oh, by the way, they used to say hit the ball up the middle. <laughs> Altuve hit that ball right over second base. Yeah, I'm like, oh, there's a hit on the first pitch. <laughs> and there's a guy standing right there. <laughs> I yeah, was like, holy was like he's cow. playing catch with him. He just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, the third baseman stand there. But when Brantley hit the ball too, you guys were like, oh, yeah, Brantley. Now that exit velo on that was about 12 miles an hour faster. I just thought there was nothing wrong with it but and you could tell which one was more hard hit but uh anyway it's an interesting dynamic that is uh here to stay i'm assuming no and i think you nailed it when you said if something stupendous happens then we kind of mention it i won't mention it every time and i'll even mention it when you know a duck snort gets into the outfield on a broken <laughs> bat i'm like man that dude just hit one like 75 miles an hour and it turned into a knock yeah. you know and meanwhile yeah. Jordan hit one 150 miles an hour and the first baseman <laughs> caught it you know it's like that's how yeah. baseball works. It's a unique, you know, but it's it's just another metric that we're throwing out there to try and measure these guys by. But uh, I, I do I do get a little heavy on it sometimes. But I mean, this team hits the ball hard. But that one that Jordan hit, I was like, dude, there's no. I'm not even talking about that because I was mind blown that he actually hit a ball that far. Um, yeah. But yeah. And I, to your point about some of the graphics, that's another thing I think productions need to do a better job of is to put every, all the information up there because then you do. Think about if you're a casual fan and you're like, oh, for two, so they're counting walk as an at-bat, you know, that's where you yeah. get kind of – and you don't want to confuse that at all because then it ruins if you want to talk about OPSs or on-base percentages and then you're like really confusing people and that's what you don't want to do. Yeah, and that was Sunday Night Baseball, right, which is a big broadcast. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a little national. puzzling for me. Yeah, well, yeah, national and you'd think, again, I mean, you get more fans in and they're trying to keep score or whatever at home and – they're puzzled as well. So you mentioned you had a blast today. I don't know if it's a positive oh, or negative blast. Usually we go. So why don't we throw it to yeah. you and uh, let's hear what you well, got. It could be taken, it could be taken either way, because the positive Ooh. was that Julia, Todd, and I got to know each other rather well, probably as close as we've ever been uh, last night. So we're ordering Ubers to go to this uh, steakhouse in, in San Francisco to have a good dinner on uh, on Memorial Day. And you know, one cancels on Julia's ordering it. She orders Another one, it gets canceled. Another one picks up, and we're like, okay, this Tesla comes rolling around. Obviously, we're in California, so the Tesla rolls up uh, just to stay in the stereotype. It was hilarious. <laughs> Easy, man. So we're, we're going to get in, and there's three of us, and it's a, it's a four-door sedan, 
one driver, three what we what I thought were three empty seats. TK goes to the front seat, and I mean the driver gave him the Heisman. He was like, nobody in the front seat. And we were like, um, what? Because mm-hmm. obviously Julia's petite, Todd is small, much smaller than I am, and then me, who's large to say yeah. the least. So it was all of a sudden we had to play Tetris with this thing. And I'm like, okay, I'll grab the door. And I mean, I'm smashed into the door. Julia's riding in the middle and then TK's on the other side. But if you go to Julia's uh, Instagram and I, I reposted it, but we were slammed <laughs> in the that. back of this Tesla. Now, is it inappropriate? Like I've sat in the front of an Uber ride because we've had so many people, but that opens itself up to banter that maybe you better you got to be mentally prepared to sit in the front seat of an uber because you're going to be chatting it up with the driver and uh sometimes you get good banter sometimes you get interesting banters but otherwise you know i've had very good conversations with uber drivers that are very fun but dude why wouldn't if the front seat's open why wouldn't you let the person sit in the front seat man it kind of got to me i was like dude we're paying for this ride I think it's a COVID thing again, and I and I, I don't think this is interpretable. I think what uh, the driver didn't have a mask on. Oh, that's weird. Maybe I, you know, th- he shouldn't be an Uber driver. Here's the thing: I would go. This is always communication, right? And so <laughs> when you're doing it via an app, uh, you have Uber and whatever Uber Black and Uber XL and whatever Uber all Comfort. these like numbers are. Yeah, yeah. So if you know there's three or four people, like, could you imagine if there were four of you? And you order the Uber because you got denied. And you'd be yeah, like, all right, you, uh, you got somebody laying. You say yes or no. Yeah, well, no. Then you got somebody laying across your lap, like in the back, you know? That's not but safe, Sparky, David. If, if Sparky was with you, you know, just put him on the back, like <laughs> laying across the. Get off my lap. Anyway, but, <laughs> but my point is, is like you said, like this is just communication. Like, oh, we can't sit there. And, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, I as the patriarch of a family when you're you know you get an uber or a rental car or you know a taxi ride family sits in the back and you got to sit up front and bite hey so where are you from buddy yeah nice thanks for the ride like you got to kind of wear it like instead of sitting in the back with everybody else (laughs) i was trying to be nice you're like yeah but if you no i mean where you're like mentally prepared you're like okay i'm gonna have to talk to this person Right. And you may or may not want to do that. Now, if you had a beer before your dinner and you're ready to oh, go out, then it's, loose. you know, it's all, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Like you are an Uber driver and you are planning on taking a group of people from one place to the next. Like, could you imagine if you said, nobody sits inside, we have a little thing on the roof <laughs> that we're going to, I mean, oh, it's the same, <laughs> it's the same concept though. I, it doesn't make sense. Now, I don't know. how come... This didn't get discussed when you were there. He just said no, and you guys just jumped in the back. I mean, why didn't you say? Oh, oh yeah, it wasn't nobody. even like you know how when somebody reacts and you know there's not going to be a conversation afterwards. He didn't Tommy uh, fam <laughs> us, but he, he he gave us the Heisman. We got the hand. And he's like nobody in the front. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah. we're gonna smash in the back. And I mean, it wasn't you know how it is driving around the streets of San Francisco. It, it doesn't. It's not quick. So I mean, no. I, you know, your my shoulders are like bowed in, and you know, Julia's <laughs> like trying not to touch me, and I'm like, what the this? It yeah. was it was it's it was just coworkers like, hey, I don't want to. Yeah, you're like, oh. um, yeah, you go sit closer to TK, not near me. No, um, yeah, how about how about to. this? Here's a question: what uh, what kind of conversation did you have with the guy after? Then that's nothing, right? Then there's no conversation. The conversation oh, is crickets. only between you, TK, and Julia. Yeah, cricket. That's what I thought. Yeah, you're just like, how's the door open? Get me out of here. And you guys are giving each other the eye. 
You look at Julia and TK like, oh, I guess we're sitting back here. <laughs> yeah. No, like the first like five minutes of the ride, we were just kind of like looking at each other. Julia pulls out her phone yep. and she takes a video and it yeah. looked even more awkward in the video. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah. this is happening. And you just kind of, yeah. you just kind of all of a sudden make small talk. Oh, did she video the empty front seat? No, no, she didn't video the, oh, empty. she videoed us that packed been in the back clutch. of sardines. I know, but yeah. that would have been great to show the empty front seat. That would have told the whole story. Yeah, pan around and all yeah. of a sudden there's just an empty seat up front. Then everybody would have been like, man, these guys really like each other. Hey, with a guy <laughs> driving, like this just guy, mad mug that was your guy. Yeah. yeah, but he didn't have a mask on. See, that was instantly yeah. when I thought, hey, back seat. I thought this guy's a well, little COVID paranoid. He could have been like, hey, I respect that. We're good. We'll, get, we'll, we'll figure yeah. it out. But no, he was just like, nope. Yeah. All well, right. you can give him a one star review, Blum. I know how well that goes over in the, the reviewing world. No tip and yep. one star review. That'll teach you. Good luck driving in San Francisco, buddy, with your one star rating. Next. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Oh, yep. man. Got him. All right. It's been fun. It's good to get another podcast under our belts. And at the end of every podcast, and especially after this Memorial Day, we are that much more grateful for everybody who has served or is serving currently in the military, both home and abroad. We greatly appreciate you and the opportunities you give us by sacrificing yourself for the greater good of this country. Uh, we've got first responders, police, fire, uh, EMTs, all the doctors and nurses out there continuing to uh, keep us healthy and keep us on uh, on a healthier path throughout the course of life, and the essential workers that continue to keep the uh, keep the markets and keep the facilities running that we all need to get through our daily life, and of course the teachers. Enjoy your summer. You are more than deserved it, and I hope it's a good one for all of you. So, we greatly appreciate you here on the Bleacher Blums podcast. Tuttle, you are closer. Close this thing out. All right. Hey, uh, next podcast, let's uh, look at like uh, who's hot, who's not. Well, and then so we'll have some more leadoff lyrics. Uh, remember, if you are over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer. And as Blummer already mentioned, happy belated Memorial Day. Hope it was a good one for all of you. And we encourage you to get after it and believe it. Believe it. Killing it. Killing it. Look at you, Tuttle. You're going to have your own podcast, and you're just leaving me in the dust. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be you. <laughs>